talking about friendship. We're talking about friendship. And what's really awesome is you have caught us in the middle of a series. Maybe some of you began with us, or maybe you're just meeting us for this series, this two-month series called Love IRL, Love in Real Life, where we're talking about every relationship that we as people interact with. And we began with a conversation about God. And we said, before we talk about friends or siblings or parents or dating or any of that stuff, I mean, we need to talk about the God who is relational. We talked about this reality that God prioritizes a relationship with you. That the reason he sent his son to die on a cross was to forgive you of your sins so that you could be in a relationship with him. He wasn't just interested in a one-time transaction. He was interested in removing the barriers, removing the roadblocks so that he could have a relationship with you. And so God is highly relational and highly values relationships. Well, then we talked about our parents. We talked about how to have great relationships with our parents. Um, a few weeks ago, we talked about our siblings, how to have great relationships with our siblings. Tonight, we're talking about friendships. Tonight, we're talking about how to have great friendships. And what's interesting is beginning next week, beginning next week, we're sort of taking a turn in this series. And I want to give you a little preview for what to kind of look forward to, that after we wrap up talking about friends, next, where we're heading down is to a little bit more um, serious and uh, sort of a romantic, slightly a romantic angle where we're talking about next week, next week, we're going to be talking about fake love. We're going to be talking about what isn't relational. We're going to be talking about what's wrong, what's broken when it comes to our relationships. We're going to be talking about porn. We're going to be talking about hooking up. We're going to be talking about why I want you to delete your Snapchat. Oh, dang. We're going to be talking. We're going to be, we're going to be taking off the gloves and having real honest conversations about a very, shh, about, a, about a very real danger that every single one of us, including me, are tempted to fall into, and it's fake love. So we're gonna be talking about that. Then after that, we're gonna do a talk on dating. After that, we're gonna do a talk, and it's, I think it's the one I'm most excited for. I've never shared some of this stuff with you guys before, and I'm so excited. We're gonna be talking about singleness and marriage. And I wanna paint a picture, I wanna paint a picture for biblical singleness and biblical marriage, and it might surprise you. Some of the things that we're gonna talk about might surprise you. And then lastly, lastly, is my wife in the room? Is Sarah here? No, I don't think she is. Um, on, uh, on our last week in February, we're gonna be talking about sex. And Sarah and I are going to be answering your questions. And so you guys are going to have an opportunity to anonymously text anything about relationships that we've talked about. Um, and Sarah and I want to provide helpful answers to give you a framework to think about sexuality, to think about relationships. And so I am so excited for that. Be praying for Sarah. It's not her favorite thing to get up on stage and talk about that. I'm like, yes, let's do it, babe. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, actually... Uh, that's a bad husband thing. But I had forgotten to tell her that we were doing it. Um, and then Adrian, Pastor Adrian told her. And so that was not a good conversation. But she's on board and she's excited. And then last thing, just because I saw her, I'm sorry, we're just celebrating a lot. Um, you guys, we have one of our amazing spiritual grandmas in the back, Trudy. Can you guys just welcome Trudy? And So good to see you, Trudy. I'm so glad you're here. 
so good here. Okay, so let's jump in. Let's jump in. We're going to wrap up this part of the series, and then we jump into um, some other things in the, over the next four weeks, and we're really, really excited for that. So tonight we are talking about friendships. We're talking about friendships. You have pens underneath the aisle chairs. If you could just grab one and really quietly pass down pens so you guys can take notes. We provide sermon notes for you every single week. We want you guys taking notes because we know you will have better conversations at, at, uh, back in your small groups when you take notes. So make sure you grab that and that would be absolutely awesome. Here we go. We're jumping in. We're jumping in. So here's the big idea for tonight. Here's the big idea for tonight that you're going to be unpacking in your small groups. Here's the big idea for tonight. Stay with me. Here's the big idea. Real friends, real friends learn how to love each other smarter. Real friends learn how to love each other smarter. There was a book that came out a number of years ago called The Five Love Languages. And, and the, the nature of this book and the aim of this book was to reveal that every single person, every single person has specific, has maybe five sort of categories to which they might fall into ways that they best receive love. And these can kind of change over time as actually at the end of our time together, you guys are going to take a test uh, and then you're going to share those with each other. It's going to be really, really fun. It's not a test, like a survey, a self-discovery. It's going to be amazing. You're going to love it. But the thing about this, the thing about this love languages, the thing about these five love languages is what they reveal after you take this survey and answer questions about yourself is you're going to be able to have a better vocabulary and a more accurate understanding of how specifically God wired you to receive love. And what's really interesting, what's really interesting is that naturally, naturally, what we do as people is we love people the way that we want to receive love. That's what's natural to us. And we think that everybody else should receive love the exact same way we receive love. But what's really interesting about this, and as we're going to see as we dive into scripture, Jesus was a multilingual dude able to love in all the different ways that people need to be loved. And what's so powerful is that when you learn, when you learn the love languages of your friends and you know your own, you can actually begin to love each other smarter. You see, when, um, when, um, before I had taken these tests, you know, for Sarah and I, so, um, my love language, one of my love languages is, uh, quality time and words of affirmation. Um, but specifically quality time, specifically quality time. I love hanging out. And I remember, uh, man, it must have literally been like five or six years ago, five or six years ago, Sarah and I had taken this test and talked about it, and she realized that quality time was one of my big love languages. And, and she, she, uh, she said, hey, Eric, and it was, like, it was like 10 o'clock at night, we were thinking about going to bed, and she was like, Eric, I got an idea. How about we go play ping pong? We had a ping pong table in the backyard. She's like, how about we go in the backyard and we play ping pong? What would you think about that? And I was like, you were the coolest woman ever. Are you serious? We were like ready for pajamas in bed. Like, you want to play ping pong with me? And she was like, you're hot. I want to play ping pong. She didn't say it. She's like, I want to play ping pong with you. She's like, I want to play ping pong with you. And I was like, this is amazing. So we went to our backyard and we just started playing ping pong together. And you guys, I have never, ever forgotten about that. I remember the side of the table I was sitting on. I remember the garage was over here to my left. I remember the lights were coming in from over here. I remember we were hitting it. I remember a few times like she served and beat me. And I was like, I've been playing ping pong for a real long time. Like I remember everything about that interaction because Sarah was loving me in the way that I best received love, right? 
one, one of my love languages is physical touch. And you guys probably know that as I'm giving you hugs and high fives as I meet you guys. Like the reason I squeeze you is because I like to be squeezed. You know what I mean? So I just squeeze you. And I love that. And some of you have had the privilege of me like shaking your face. That's me. That's my way of saying, I love you. You know, that's what I do. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Sarah, Sarah, her love language is not physical touch. Her love language is not physical touch. It's words of affirmation. So when Sarah comes home, when Sarah comes home, she's had a long day. And I'm like, babe, I know you just want to hug and you just want to make out. You know what I mean? And, and I'm going, and guess what? That's not what she's thinking. What she's thinking and what she needs, what she needs is for me to use my words and to be really encouraging and to build her up, to hear about what was going on and to support her and to encourage her. And as soon as I stumbled upon this, as soon as I recognized, oh, there's actually a smarter way to love my wife. Oh, there's actually a smarter way to love my friends. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, I actually became better at what Jesus says when he says, love your neighbor. See, Jesus says, I want you to love God and I want you to love your neighbor. But the question is, how do you best love people? What's the smartest way to love people? And what's awesome is that as we're gonna dig into these, as we're gonna discover these, and as you are gonna discover yours and discover what your friends are, I think you are actually gonna be able to love each other smarter. Um, Proverbs, uh, let's see, all right, let's jump into this. I'm just gonna jump onto them. We're gonna teach into them. We're gonna go, and then we're gonna get you guys into your small groups as quickly as possible. Number one, I'm gonna just talk through the five love languages super quickly, and maybe as you're hearing me, as you're hearing me, maybe you're gonna go, oh, I think that's me. Like, I really appreciate it. As I describe it and give you a challenge and a scripture with it, maybe you're gonna go, oh man, I think that's me. And at the end, you're gonna take, get to take a survey, and it's gonna be awesome. Okay, uh, love language number one that we're gonna talk about is quality time. Love language number one is quality time. I want to show you Mark chapter 6, verses 31 to 32. Mark chapter 6, verses 31 to 32 says this. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. You see, Jesus, Jesus understood the power of quality time. Quality time is you hanging out with another person. You don't even necessarily need to be staring at each other's eyes. You don't even need to be talking. It's that whatever you're doing is meaningful. Whatever you're doing, this will be kind of fun. Let's see, is there anyone who, who resonates with this idea of quality time? Is there anyone who you're like, man, I just really love, it doesn't matter what we're doing. For me, again, this is important. Sarah and I just watching a show together, me and my friends just hanging out. When I find out that some of my friends don't want to come over for like a Super Bowl party or a really cool show afterwards, that hurts at a deep level for me. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, we want to have quality time together. That's like the best way to love each other. So quality time um, is, is when you take time and when you spend with each other. Quality time is all about giving someone, this is key, giving someone your undivided attention. How many of you, and do not point at anyone, do not say anything, do not think of anyone right now, or think you can think of them, just don't let them know you're thinking of them. Here's a question. How many of you have been in an interaction with somebody where mid-story, mid-conversation, mid-big point, mid-big reveal, they pull out their phone, they start looking at it, they start thinking about something else, they get sidetracked and do something else. Isn't that enraging? Isn't that so not cool? This is why in your small groups, a lot of your small group leaders have everyone put their phones in the middle of the room because the most discouraging thing is when you're sharing, when you're being really vulnerable and you're having quality time with people, 
for them to get out a phone and for them to be distracted is like the most discouraging thing that they could do. So I want to give you four tips for quality time. If that is yours, or if you have someone in your life who quality time is one of their love languages, here's four tips for you. Maintain eye contact. Maintain eye contact. That as you're talking with them, don't look away, don't look down, don't look disinterested. Eye contact is really, really important. So make eye contact with them. Number two, don't multitask, right? Don't multitask. And I do this all the time. Sarah's like, I'm hurt. And I'm like, yeah, me too. You know, and I'm just like, I'm just the worst. I'm the worst at that, okay? That's not cool. That's not quality time. Being focused, being focused and not multitasking is important. Number three, listen for feelings that as they're sharing with you, maybe they're sharing like just the run through of their day, listen deeper and say, what is this person feeling? What is this friend of mine really going through? And number four, refuse to interrupt. Refuse to interrupt. Tell yourself, you know what? Even though, and some of you are, um, like sometimes um, in Sarah and I, I'm just talking about Sarah and I a lot, but for Sarah and I sometimes, um, we go into conversations and, and I'm kind of like a fix it guy. So I'm like, uh, but yeah, so I'm like, I'm like I, I want to fix this, this issue, whatever's happening. Right. And as she's talking, as she's talking, sometimes I need to even, even need to remain quiet. Cause I get to like a quarter of her story and I'm like, all right, I know how to fix this. Right. Like I, I have the game plan here. I can totally fix it. And that's not what she's looking for. She's not looking for me to fix it. She's looking for me to listen to it perfect example of this was, um, and I just like telling stories of how I'm a horrible person, but um, um, she tells me the other day, she's like, Eric, um, Charlie has this hair thing right here. And like, there's like, he, he got a haircut, but there's this weird hair hanging down and somebody made a comment about it. And I was like, babe, that's all good. I'll cut it. Like I'll, I'll fix it. Right. And she's like, she's like, no, do not cut his hair. Do not cut his hair. I'm like, babe, it's me. I can handle this. I got it. You said there's a problem. You said you, you're, you're frustrated with his hair. Let me take care of it. I got it, babe. She went upstairs. Don't think she thought I was going to cut it. So I had Charlie come over and I just cut his hair because I thought that was what we were supposed to do. And then it turned into this really big conversation where I recognized that was a listening conversation. That was not a fix it conversation. And you see, if you have friends in your life, if you have friends in your life who quality time is really important for them, they may be sharing something with you and you may want to jump in and solve the problem and fix everything. They're not looking for that. They're looking for you to be with them. They're looking for you to listen. Love language number five, acts of service, acts of service. This is when you choose, when you choose willingly, freely out of your own heart, you choose to serve that person with something they need help with. I mean, this could be they have a big chore that they need to get done. This could be a, a group project or an assignment they have. This could be anything that they need to get done and you step in and you say, I want to serve you in a very practical way and I want to help you. Check out this beautiful example in John chapter 13, verse one to five. John 13, verse one to five. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Let's pause there for a second. Notice this is like, I mean, before we see what Jesus is about to do, you need to understand this setup is really important. The setup is saying that Jesus is all powerful. He's God almighty. He's holy. Jesus is above all things. He created all things. And at that position, at that status, at that place, this is what he decides to do. Next verse. So he got up from the meal. 
he took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. This is so important for you to understand. This job that Jesus just did in the first century in a Jewish household, this job was only reserved for Gentile servants. So back in the day, right, there's, there's Jews, the, the people who had been following God, and then there are Gentiles. That's everyone else. That's people who didn't grow up Jewish and who weren't a part of that. This job of washing people's feet, not even a Jewish servant could do that. It was only a Gentile servant who could do it because it was viewed as such a disgusting act of service. And yet Jesus said, because I am all powerful God, I'm going to show you what it means to do an act of service. Here's my question to you. If your friends, if your friends, if one of their love languages is active service, you're going to have to serve them in probably an uncomfortable, challenging way. It may be a way that um, pushes you outside of your time frame. It may uh, cause you to push you even outside of some of your skill set. But great friends, great friends who understand love language, understand that this is an important love language, showing love through serving, get that it doesn't matter who you are, we are all called to this. Jesus modeled that for us. Here's a question that you can ask. If you know somebody in your life who acts of service is their love language, here's a question to ask. Ask yourself this. How can I help and then go and do it? How can I help and then go and do it? So if you know a friend and you're gonna find out what your friends are tonight, if you have a friend who's acts of service, the big question you can be asking is, as you're watching their life, as you're watching the things they're struggling through or dealing with, if you can ask that question, how can I help that person? And then go and do it. You're gonna love them in a really, really smart way. Number three, number three, physical touch, physical touch. Luke 15, verse 20. Luke 15, verse 20 says this. So he got up and went to his father. This is in the middle of the story of the running father, the dad that runs after his kids, after his youngest son had totally abandoned him and run away. He got up and went to his father, the younger son. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion, not hatred, but compassion for him. And he ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. This was such an important symbol of reminding this son that you're back home and that I'm still your dad and I still love you. And with your friendships, with your friends, for, for those, those of you who have friends who physical touch is one of their love languages, the most important thing you can figure out is how can I appropriately touch them? How can I best appropriately touch them? And that, that might mean hugs. That might mean fist bumps. That might mean high fives. But when, you, when, when somebody has the, the love language of physical touch, showing them, giving them a hug, giving them a high five, connecting with them in that way is such an important way of you showing that you accept them and that you love them and that you care about them. Next one, number four. Giving gifts. Giving gifts is another love language. Luke 7, verses 44 to 47. Luke 7, verse 44 says this. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus... Oh, you know what? I'm sorry, that was another... Um, that was another passage. Can we jump over to Luke 7, guys? Luke 7, there we go. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house and you did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Next one. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. So Jesus had walked into a home and all of a sudden this woman is just treating him um, so well and encouraging and loving him 
Next one. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet in the last verse. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown, but whoever has been forgiven little loves little. You see, this woman, this woman gave a gift. Through the perfume, this woman gave a gift. And if you got somebody in your life who this is one of their love languages, it doesn't mean that they're shallow, right? This means that when you, when you know their favorite Starbucks drink and you bring them Starbucks, it means the world to them. If you know, if you have a friend in your life who, who deeply loves gifts, the best thing you can do, the best thing you can do is find out as much as you can about what they like, write it in your phone and then surprise them. Find out what their favorite gum is Find out what their favorite uh, music artist is. Give them some iTunes money. Give them a Spotify money. Find out what their favorite Starbucks drink is. Figure out ways within your budget, within your budget and in small ways to show them that you love them. Because giving gifts, giving gifts communicates thoughtfulness. Giving gifts communicates thoughtfulness. And the last one, the last one is this. Words of affirmation. The last of the five love languages, words of affirmation. Hebrews 3.13, I love this passage, says this, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Do you see that? The writer of Hebrews says, you've got to encourage each other because if you don't encourage each other, sin's deceitfulness, the lies of Satan, the lies of the enemy are going to actually harden your heart. This is what's so crazy about using words of affirmation and building people up with your words is that you can literally combat the lies of Satan. Have you ever wanted to wage war against Satan? Have you ever wanted to make a significant difference? Like as you're literally fighting the enemy, Scripture says one of the best ways you can do that. And students, I want to camp out here for a second because I know sometimes it can be really cool to cut at each other or it can be really cool to not say much and to just pretend like, hey man, I'm just too cool for this. You guys, there's a war out there. And Satan, Satan is trying to hurt us. He's trying to go after us. He's trying to dig at us. He's trying to discourage us and harden our hearts. And Scripture says if you want to fight against Satan, the best way to do that is actually encourage one another. Dudes, I want to talk to you for a quick second. I think, and, and this is just a, a generalization and not always true at all, but sometimes, sometimes, this one is the hardest for us guys to do with each other. That sometimes we'll sit around in a circle with each other and be like, oh yeah, the, who's playing football? The Patriots, right? Like Joe Montana or whatever, he's playing and, and he's, you know, and it's like, who would you tackle? I don't know. Like, you're just, that's just, you know, or like, let's go kill something. I don't know what you do. Like, I don't know. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I really think, I really think. Gentlemen, hold on. Shh. Dudes, dudes. I think this is a hugely undervalued and underused way of loving each other. And a lot of us guys, a lot of us guys need this because we're afraid of failure. We feel alone, we feel isolated. So young men, freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors, I want to encourage you to use your words generously with one another, to build each other up, to not tear each other down, but to literally walk around and say, man, how can I encourage my friend? What can I say that's positive? About them? What can I say about how I see God working in their life? That would be so incredibly powerful for us. 
a tip for you is this, for everyone. Whenever you see something awesome in someone, whenever you see God working in their lives, whenever you, you see them a little discouraged, choose to respond by sharing. Choose to respond by building each other up. I'd love it if when I walked through the halls and interacted and saw you guys talking to each other, if I just heard over and over encouragement, 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 encouragement. Because Satan is the father of discouragement. He's gonna lie to us. And so the best thing we can do is choose to use our words to actually encourage and build each other up. So here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. Your takeaway card for this week, and if you're new with us, we give one of these out every single Wednesday night. It's kind of the big takeaway for the night. You'll notice on it, it says, my two love languages are, and then underneath that, it says, go find out your friend's top two love languages and specifically love them. So here's what I have. My